conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and I am joined once again by Janice Hawkins. Today we're talking about Space Jam because, you know, there's a new one coming out, so we had to talk about the original and also at least one of these basketball teams is better than the Lakers right now. <laughs> I didn't even think about how sad you have to be about that. <laughs> I think I'm more annoyed at them than sad, but that's okay. There's always next year. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know anything anymore, Janice, but we're <laughs> going to talk about Space Jam because this has Michael Jordan in it and he likes winning games. Did you know that? Yeah. Not baseball, but he, he likes winning the basketball games. Fair. That is very fair. There are so, so many people in this movie. So many Looney Tunes characters, so many other characters. And, you know, you have Wayne Knight starring <laughs> alongside Michael Jordan in this. You have a Bill Murray appearance as Bill Murray. You Can know? I just say, yeah, I love that Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan and Bill Murray is Bill Murray. And all the other basketball players and Looney Tunes are the basketball players and Looney Tunes. And then Wayne Knight shows up and he's like, hi, my name is Stan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. You also have a Larry Bird appearance, but Larry Bird does not play basketball in this movie. He nope, plays he's golf. He's a golfer now. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know why, why, why do you put Larry Bird in a movie if you're not going to have him at least shoot a basketball once? Maybe they uh, blew their budget on the 3D animations for Moron Mountain. Yep, they probably did. You also have a bunch of coaches appearing in this. Del Harris, Danny Ainge. I think Paul Westfall was a coach. I could be mistaken. But you just have people playing people, like Vlade Divac playing Vlade. And then you finally get the Monstars who take over the basketball powers <laughs> of Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, and Sean Bradley. I had to look up who Larry Johnson was. So my apologies to him. Already Sorry, forgot who he was and what teams he played for. I did not realize that uh, Sean Bradley was not Larry Bird until Larry Bird showed up at a different point in the movie. Janice, there's more than one white guy in the NBA over all of the years. Uh, sounds fake, but okay. <laughs> fake news. We're here with all of your fake basketball news. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> we have you covered. Honestly, you could say anything about basketball. You could have said some fake names in there, and I would have been like, yeah, Deanna knows. Deanna knows basketball. I'll trust her. <laughs> but I do not know who Larry Johnson is, which is like the most generic basketball guy name you can have. <laughs> that's true. But that's okay. Janice, is there any story to this movie? Define the definition of story. What is... <laughs> um, there is a loose series of events that follows a coherent plot i think but is that a story i don't know but it's basketball so i didn't care <laughs> yeah uh so you know like a normal day in uh the life of michael jordan he's just going about his business and off in the background some aliens decided that they wanted to have the looney tunes at their theme park you know like you do 
and uh, so they invaded the Looney Tune land at the center of the earth, which we all know is where cartoons live, and uh, were going to enslave them, and the Looney Tunes were like, we have to fight for our lives. You have to give us a chance. It's in the rule book. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, we are law-abiding aliens. So they challenged them to basketball because they're short, which is pretty rude also. But we'll let it happen. Uh, and then, of course, the aliens steal the powers of famous basketball players so that they can win the game. So the tunes steal Michael Jordan. And then they all play basketball. Makes complete sense to me. I, I don't know about everyone else. And how dare I forget about Danny DeVito voicing Swackhammer? What a yeah. name. What a name. And Danny DeVito's Swackhammer is the leader of the, I think they're called Nerdlux or Nerdlets or something like that. Nerdlux, yeah. Yeah. So he's the leader of them. It seems just because he's the only big one, <laughs> uh, which is a terrible structure for a political system and then like the nerdlucks become the monsters after they steal the powers of the nba players it's very wild yeah well the monsters got their name because sylvester and daffy together said they're monsters they're stars no they're monsters <laughs> so <laughs> you know it's good yeah so Whatever story you mentioned definitely happens. It's a large chunk of the movie. Uh, it's only 88 minutes long. Yeah. But when you're watching it, it takes a long time to get to basketball. It takes like almost an hour, I feel like. Yeah, it's the movie is at least 50% set up to basketball. I mean, they do show you like clips of actual basketball, if I'm not mistaken, because you have like a ton of uncredited players like Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr and all these people who played with Michael Jordan in real life. So I think there were like clips of old games thrown into this. Yeah, in the original like montage, because uh, you start with like childhood Michael Jordan and saying that he's gonna be something big one day, make something of himself. He's gonna fly like an eagle. Um, and then, uh, they do in the intro credits over the Quad City DJ's Space Jam theme, uh, they show basically his whole career of basketball, and then they'll cut to a couple games when they steal the people's powers. That part is really well done. The other things with Michael Jordan in them, he's not a great actor. Uh, or maybe, you know, I might, I might not be giving Michael Jordan enough credit. He might be a great actor. He's, it's very hard to act to blank spaces floating in the world when they don't, you know, he's like yeah. acting to cartoons. <laughs> so Janice, let me ask you this. Is Michael Jordan a better baseball player or actor? Ooh, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say he's a better actor. I'm just here to stump you. That That's my <laughs> purpose today. But we've determined that this cast is kind of insane for this movie. And I honestly haven't looked up much of anything for the new one to know who's in that beyond like LeBron and him having a son, which, by the way, Michael Jordan has like a whole family in this movie. And only one of them is his real family. His like wife is playing herself. And then there's just some children that are not their children. Yeah. There's just children running around everywhere. And it's like, 
I don't know who these children necessarily belong to, but they're here. And if I'm not mistaken, the boy plays baseball, right? Yes. Okay. I So I feel like this whole thing was just like a nod to everything that Michael Jordan has done <laughs> up until yeah. that point in his life. I mean, I would have loved to been a fly on the wall of the room where they're pitching this movie where they're like okay it's literally it's literally michael jordan's real life um but then also what if the looney tunes and someone said all right let's sign me up for a two movie deal i'm not sure i truly want to know how this happened and how they got michael to agree to it i other than him having major gambling problems and probably needing money yeah, anyway, he probably he get it. Money, I don't know yeah. the exact timeline of his gambling problems, but I know he filed for bankruptcy and did all these things like post NBA. Yeah, uh, Space Jam and The Last Dance double feature maybe one day. And this came out during his second stint with the Bulls. I want to say so he was still playing at the time. Yes. And at the end of the movie, he rejoins the Bulls. So yeah, that just like in real life. So if you were wondering what caused him to decide that he needed to go from baseball back to basketball, it was this event in time. <laughs> it's truly a wild movie, but it's so fun. It's so it's so fun. My another favorite thing that I have is that. Bill Murray's existence in this movie is completely perplexing. And when we go to, uh, I'll have more on that when we talk about the players on the Toon Squad team, because I did rank them. But at one point, Daffy Duck asks Bill Murray why he's here in the movie. And Bill says to Daffy, oh, the producer's a friend of mine, so you just got a teamster to drop me off. Like, I think another thing they spent money on was just, like, a good favor getting Bill Murray to be in this to increase the hype. So, Janice, mm -hmm. this movie came about because of two Nike commercials. That's why? It says, in 1992 and 1993, two Nike ads, Hair Jordan and Aerospace Jordan, respectively, aired on television and featured Michael Jordan with the character Bugs Bunny. And this happened before the movie? Yeah, 92 and 93, and, and the movie came out in 96. And people were like, well, those commercials were so popular. Why don't we just fully commit to this experience? That's like literally what it says almost. <laughs> it, you know, the, the director was like doing research and stuff, and then it led them to just like green light a full Bugs Bunny, Michael Jordan movie. Wow, those shoes must have sold really, really well. Granted, we had like Looney Tunes fever as a society in the 90s. Like you couldn't, it was like Tweety Bird was the minions of the 90s. You couldn't, if they had Facebook memes, Tweety would have been on everything. Yep, that sounds very, very accurate. <laughs> so this is all Nike's fault, for sure. Mm -hmm. But also, I thank them for it. Yeah. It gave childhood me one of my favorite things in the world. Which, it makes sense that LeBron's doing the new one then, because he also has a Nike contract, so. Oh. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. That's just a connection my brain is making. <laughs> Are there, like, LeBron James Bugs Bunny shoes out yet? When did those drop? There's not a lot of time before this movie. They do have Space Jam shoes coming out. 
All right. <laughs> but they're Toon Squad shoes. They don't have like Bugs Bunny on them. And then there's Monstars and Mr. Swackhammer shoes. Wait, but Swackhammer isn't going to be in the new movie. He's he's like retired. He's on the moon. They're just redoing a colorway for him in honor of him being in the original. Okay. Those are some great looking shoes, actually. Uh, Everyone pause the podcast and Google (laughs) Swackhammer (laughs) Nikes because these look great. Actually, don't do that. This is more important. Listen to us. Yeah, they've also launched a ton of Toon Squad merch as well. Yeah, how have you resisted buying that? I keep buying other things. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But because there isn't a whole lot of story with this movie, we wanted to do something a little different. And we are going to rank the players on Toon Squad and the Monstars. Janice, you are taking Toon Squad because... Immediately, you were like, Deanna, you have to take the basketball players, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because you can recognize actual base- ba- basketball, actual basketball abilities. I do plays the basketball. I can't even pronounce basketball. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I got the Toon Squad. So I will let you go first, because I think we're both ranking these players very differently. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are. Uh, so for me, I got the Toon Squad and, uh, I mean, obviously there are two major criteria to rank them on their Toon ability and their squad ability. And so I have all of the Toon Squad members ranked from worst to best on the average of these two qualities. So absolute worst, these three characters got an average of zero because they were not good tunes, nor were they good squad. Um, Sniffles the mouse, the tiny mouse who comes on screen, talks for a couple seconds and then gets beat up. Uh, Beaky Buzzard, who you see wearing a jersey and drinking Michael's secret stuff, but wrapped up in bandages later and then never plays. And... George P. Dog, also known as the Barnyard Dog. I don't know if you even recognize him as a character. That's because he's so unimportant that once again, yeah, he's wearing a jersey and he drinks the stuff, but he doesn't play basketball. So all three of these are at a zero. They're the people who get paid to be there and cheer the rest of the team on. And that's about it. Those those players exist. It's fine. We need them. Yeah. And then they have real cheerleaders, too. So it's like, why didn't you just make them those? And then they wouldn't have gotten injured. But okay, okay. So then next I have three that have uh, an average of half of a point. This is out of three, by the way. So (laughs) there's a lot of stinkers on the team. And they are Porky Pig, who is a good teammate, but didn't really do anything toony or squatty. Taz, who should be amazing. He's on the starting lineup and you don't see him play hardly at all. And he he does the spin around. Taz is such a great player. Of course he would be on the starting lineup. He does nothing in this movie. He's also just a half point. And then Elmer Fudd is just a guy, but not even like a good at sports guy. Half point. Uh, up into the next area, we've got our average of ones. We have you Sam Sam? Once again, just a guy. Pepe Le Pew didn't do anything toony. However, he did stink like a skunk. And, and he's been canceled. Use that part. He has been canceled. He's still better than a lot of the other players on the team, though. 
big don't know how that worked uh, <laughs> and then Tweety got a one point in tunability and squad ability uh, she didn't do much he didn't do much but still did alright and then Sylvester the cat actually got a three in tunability from me uh, he managed to f- fish the shorts off of Pound the Monstar and he also like got a whole shot in him. So he was like an excellent tune. But his squad ability, he got a negative one because he did try and eat Tweety. So that's not that's not a good teammate. Alright, don't worry, we only have twenty more Toon Squad members now. Not it's that many. so easy to forget how many more <laughs> players they had. <laughs> yeah. There's not that many. There's a couple one point fives. I gave a one point five to Foghorn Leghorn because he's got good tunability and he has a pretty good teammate. He let someone ride on his shoulders, even though that's like obviously traveling. Um and then Lola Bunny got a zero in tunability, but she was an excellent squad member. She really had her teams back in all instances. So excellent basketball player, excellent squad powers, not a very good tune. And then we have in the two, we've got Michael Jordan. His tune ability was a one, but his squad ability was a three. So that brought him up. Pretty much the opposite, Wiley Coyote. His tune ability was a three and his squad ability was a one. Surprising everyone Wayne Knight, I mean Stan, also has a three in tunability, <laughs> but only a one in squad. And then Bugs Bunny was a two in both, so he was pretty okay at those. And then, all right, ev- what everyone is here for, number one and number two, best members of the Toon Squad. They both got a th- average of three they got threes in tune ability and they got threes in squad ability that's right you're looking at daffy duck and bill murray (laughs) both of them did an amazing job truly amazing that both wayne knight and bill murray got mentioned after michael jordan in this list yeah michael jordan really only did the arm stretch and like it was cool but he was a great team member but he really had to up his tune game if he wanted to be better I'll allow it. That's fine. And that's it. That's that's them. <laughs> so in comparison to your 852 players, I only <laughs> had five to rank. <laughs> it's a little easier. I don't know how this came out evenly, but, you know, you decided on this. So <laughs> I am also going from worst to best, but I'm ranking them based on the basketball players' talents that they stole instead of on the actual characters. So considering I had to look up who Larry Johnson was, (laughs) we have Bupkis coming in fifth place. Also, Larry Johnson filed bankruptcy in 2015 because he owed over six figures in child support. So, you know, not feeling it. Not feeling it, really. And for those who aren't super hip to Space Jam and all the fact that the monsters have names. Which one is Bupkis? Because I know, but can you tell Can you tell the foolish audience who doesn't know? <laughs> Bupkis is the buff purple character. Ah, Bupkis. All right. And I mean, if you just look at the character and his personality traits, too cocky <laughs> for an NBA player's talent from a player we 
mostly haven't heard of. <laughs> hey, why isn't Dennis Rodman in this movie? I don't know. This would have been an instant five-star movie if Dennis Rodman was in it. I'm not even kidding. Right? Like, he's literally the most tune-able of all of the actual NBA basketball players. The only thing I can think of is they asked him and he said no. But knowing Dennis Rodman, I don't understand how or why he would have said no. Because Dennis yeah. Rodman seems to like, he's a person who likes to have fun. They talked about him in Men in Black and they talked about him on Third Rock from the Sun. Like, it's not like he doesn't know how to have fun <laughs> with aliens. Interesting. One thing I can think of is that he's not always good at showing up on time. Oh, okay. Yeah, if I was Dennis Rodman, I would never show up to anything on time. So that's that's fair. Well, when Michael Jordan is your teammate, <laughs> you better show up on time. <laughs> that's all I'll say about that for now. But then, okay. then we have Blanco, who takes Sean Bradley's talents. Again, I will say this. Sean Bradley is not Larry Bird. <laughs> because if he had been would have been much higher on the list. And he's too nice, this character. He's the blue monster. Too nice does not understand that this is like a competition and you need to destroy the other team. If you want to be nice after the game, great, fantastic. You, you're you not nice to your opponents during a basketball game. That's not allowed. Why would you do that? Uh, question really quick. Is crying allowed in basketball? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to stump you. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some nasty basketball injuries, so we'll go with sure. Oh, okay. I guess injury-based. There's good reasons to cry. I have seen legs do things that legs should not do. <laughs> then we have Not. What a terrible name. <laughs> it's not even like Newt. It's just Not. It's N-A-W-T. Not. <laughs> So this character stole Muggsy Bogues' talent. And look, if you want to be short, you stole the perfect person's talent. Because Muggsy Bogues, while very short, quite a good basketball player. And, you know, I don't know if I agree with the high voice, but that's a thing they decided to do. So, you know, middle of the pack right there. Smart player. And that's the red one who's short. Yes, the short red one. Now... Top two. Gonna stir up some controversy here. Because Charles Barkley ain't number one. <gasps> so Pound takes Charles Barkley's talent, and he is the overweight orange leader, which I feel like is kind of a little bit of an insult to Charles Barkley. <laughs> also, they love taking his pants, or hitting mm -hmm. him in the butt, or kicking him in the butt. They really gave a lot of Charles Barkley alien avatar abuse in this movie. Yeah, I feel like they were like, hey, Charles, you want to be in this movie so we can make fun of you? <laughs> and he said yes. <laughs> and then when he loses his powers at one point, he sees a bunch of like young women playing basketball and he knows he can't play basketball. And they're like, hey, you're Charles Barkley. Can you play basketball with us? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then he embarrasses himself. And I'm like, Charles, what did you think was going to happen? Did you think that you could beat them because they were girls? Or did you just forget that you can't play basketball? Probably both. Oh, no. <laughs> Probably both. But, you know, in spirit of the Knicks having made the playoffs this year for the first time in 
forever. I don't know. Possibly since Patrick Ewing played for the team. (laughs) Maybe not. They had Carmelo Anthony at one point. But, you know, we're giving Patrick Ewing the top spot here as Bang, who is the green monster. You know, very aggressive. We love that Mm -hmm. in a basketball player. We do? Yes. Okay. We do. You need to take the ball to the hoop, Janice. And you need to maybe plow through some people to do that sometimes. Unless okay. you're small. This explains it because <laughs> the only award I ever got in basketball was Outstanding Attitude. <laughs> and that is not a bit, that is a real story. So that makes sense. I was not very aggressive. I didn't go to the rim either. I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to stand like 20 feet away and shoot. Thanks. <laughs> so this is completely ironic coming from me. But when your players are as massive as the Monstars, that would not be a good use of that size. <laughs> not a good use of Patrick Ewing's talent. No, it would be like if you if you went to Shaq and you were like, hey, Shaq, how about you shoot some threes? Why isn't Shaq in this movie? That I also do not know. <laughs> he was in other movies. In well, Shaq would have just been drafted. Okay, okay. At this point in time. He would have been in the league for like one or two years. He might have been the class of 94. Okay. I hope they put him in new Space Jam. But now he's too old to be in Space Jam. (laughs) That's true. Maybe he can be like a sports commentator. They should have done like a 2006 10-year anniversary remake with Shaq, and he would have still been playing. This has been in the pipeline for so long. (laughs) Like, they have been rumoring and hinting and pointing to this being the new thing for so long it's finally happening and i'm so excited i almost feel like the nba needs to somehow embrace space jam and just every time there's like this big amazing player because you know you had jordan (laughs) obviously Mm -hmm. but then they could have done something like you know i i know there are reasons people would not want Kobe in a movie. Yeah. If this were pre-2004. Yeah, if they had started early. That's a different story. And they could have done like a Kobe and Shaq thing. Yeah, that's true. What you, you totally reminded me though, I had forgot this was a huge plot element in the movie, but one by one, the players had their powers taken. Mm-hmm. And it goes to a scene where they're going to play at the forum and uh, the players actually like are kind of like going to strike because they don't think it's safe to change in the locker room because they think that there's some sort of virus taking their powers or sickness. And so they're like, they change out in the hall and then they end up actually canceling the rest of the basketball season because they don't think it's safe for the players to play because there's a virus that's hurting the basketball players. And I was like having such a moment be like, wow, this is, this is a much more measured approach than the coronavirus one that happened in real life. Like, wow. Yeah. It's kind of wild how these things come full circle with Space Jam. Yeah, so Space Jam really, really predicted... Ahead of its time. Yeah. Very ahead of its time. (laughs) It's like The Simpsons. Yeah, like, throw some spaghetti against the wall, eventually it'll happen in real life. That's the saying, right? Sure. We can go with that. Okay. I have absolutely no idea. So we have ranked both teams now. Mm -hmm. I hope Charles Barkley never listens to this. Because then it would be a whole segment on the TNT halftime show. (laughs) I don't need that kind of attention, Janice. 
I do think that the movie they um Michael Jordan has a dog in the movie. Yes. And its name is Charles, and I can't help but wonder if that dog is also named Charles Barkley. I hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. But I mean, here's the thing about Space Jam. It's completely wacky. It maybe doesn't hold up quite as well now as it did in, you know, the mid to late 90s, but it didn't look unwatchable, which was really nice because I feel like when you try something this ambitious, especially during the 90s, like that's such a weird time to try and do a movie like this. The fact that they even pulled it off and it had a fairly high budget, I want to say, for like movies at the time. I think the budget was like 80 million or something and it made like 250 million. So clearly the star power of Michael Jordan alone probably pushed a ton of people to go see this because I think, well, I can only imagine at the time because I would have been three when this came out. <laughs> Unless it came out after December 14th of 1996, then I would have been four for like two whole weeks that year. But I'm so young. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No worries. But I can only imagine that this was just another thing that got a ton of people's attention because it was Michael Jordan. It's kind of like when he made the move to go play baseball. Everyone was so focused on, you know, is this guy even going to be a good baseball player? And it's like he was playing in the minor leagues or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was even on like an actual major league team. But no. it took up so much like media space at the time. Oh, yeah. Michael Jordan was like a national hero. It's very hard to find a cultural icon that everybody universally loves. But he was definitely one of them. Everyone's just like, what's he going to do now? Yeah. And even people who played against him, it's like they still had to respect him because, well, one, he was better than all of them. So <laughs> I don't think that's an unpopular opinion or a hot take by any means. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where he was such a larger than life presence already that mm -hmm. he could have done literally anything. And I feel like it would have made money. So it's not surprising yeah. at all to me that this made as much as it did. Yeah, that's amazing. And I agree. The graphics, like the the 2D graphics and the, I guess I'm going to refer to it like as three different things, but there's like the 2D graphics of the animated flat Looney Tunes characters. And then there's the 3D animated graphics of things like Moron Mountain and a couple of scenes where they're like trying to inflate Wayne Knight after he got squished. Um, and then there's like the 3D real life graphics and the 2D and the 3D real life are s just like seamless and really good in it in a way that has stood up really, really well. And then the, the 3D animated ones can be a little goofy, but they did the best that they had and they did a good job of integrating all three together to make it look that great. And if I'm not mistaken, this was one of the first few films to use any of this kind of tech. That would not surprise me. I do want to backtrack a little and talk about Moron Mountain some more, because okay. this planet <laughs> is wild as well. There's so much going on here. And the amusement park in particular, mm -hmm. too. It just looks so out of place 
but the fact that they're able to use like these different use animation in these different ways like moron mountain looks uniformly wacky Mm -hmm. and then you have the characters coming into the real world and things like that and interacting with michael and even though those are a completely different tone i feel like for each setting they're going for it was very very consistent with the animation yeah yeah it definitely is they did a really good job even when the tunes are in the real world they they have them interacting with the space and other characters in a really great way. And just the fact that they have the name of Moron Mountain just like on this spinning planet thing. I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's great. We we love that. I don't think I would ever go to that theme park. Maybe I'm not an alien, but it just it doesn't sound like a fun place to go. You know, we've got Magic Mountain over in California or like Disneyland or Universal or uh, Great America. But if you were like, hey, want to go to Moron Mountain? I'd be like, "Mm, I'm good. Well, I think it's a play on Magic Mountain because that's where they have like all of the Warner Brothers theme stuff. Oh, yeah. That is where they have the Looney Tunes. Is that a (laughs) (laughs) self-dig? That's what I mean. It's like they're doing these things that are very much like we're going to make fun of a lot of things because they make fun of Charles. You mentioned the Bill Murray comment, which they're just making fun of Hollywood at that point. Like, oh, yeah, I kn- know the person directing or producing this. So, of course, I'm in the movie. Duh. <laughs> like, Yeah. They have um a point where Daffy's like trying to come up with the name for the team. And he's like, why don't we call it the Ducks? And, and Bugs is like, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization would call their team the Ducks? And then they go down the rabbit hole. It's so good. Pun intended that they go down the rabbit hole, just FYI. <laughs> but yeah, I so I think Moron Mountain is definitely like a play on Magic Mountain because at least the one in California, it has like these big, tall roller coasters and everything. And it's kind of like how Moron Mountain stood out with everything just being massive and colorful and things like that because... Magic Mountain, you can see from the freeway, Mm -hmm. like you just go by it and it's just like all of a sudden there's this giant thing because it's in the middle of nowhere, not quite the middle of nowhere, (laughs) but it's like past LA, like it's past the city. What even is Valencia? Is that where it is? I just remember the drive when I lived in Orange County. It was like so much further than anything I would ever go to (laughs) because it would take like, I want to say at least two hours to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how long it would take us to, like, you'd wake up really early in the morning and start driving and yep. eat, like, a gross McDonald's breakfast and that is show so up accurate. as early as possible to sweat all day in the heat and have ride roller coasters where they throw fire at you. Yeah, because they have Bugs Bunny World there. I think so. And then yeah. once Warner Brothers bought DC... I think they added all of like the DC themed rides, like the Riddler, some something else. I don't yeah. know. I didn't go often enough to remember ride. names of any of the rides, but <laughs> I could talk way too long about all the rides in Magic Mountain, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> That's a different podcast episode. But anyway, I think more on Mountain was definitely a play on that. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I agree. You've convinced me. But yeah, Space Jam. It's just a fun little movie. It's not like a five-star movie, 
But in a way, it's kind of groundbreaking for what it did at the time. Yeah. But it's just not groundbreaking in the sense that, like, the Academy Awards were going to love it. No. No, that was not an Oscar movie, for sure. Though, what if? What if the Oscars were fun, Deanna? This would have won everything. (laughs) Name another fun movie in 1996. I can't. Again, I was three. I don't know what was coming out in 1996. I was six, so my memory also isn't great. So, Janice, any final thoughts on Space Jam? Yeah. As an additional experience, they have a CD for the movie that has not only, like, covers of songs, but also a lot of really, like, unique original songs. There is a Bugs Bunny rap at the end of the CD. There's also... um a whole Monstar song that is amazing that's featured in the movie, but not completely on its own. And I destroyed that CD as a kid. I listened to that thing a million times, so much that it actually did stop working and I bought a new copy in the last couple of years. Um, and then it also has like great songs by Coolio and uh, it's got Fly Like an Eagle on it. And... Uh, I just want to add that in addition to how great of a movie Space Jam is, if you have the funds and a CD player, you should invest in that CD because it's great. I only have a CD player in my car now. Oh, that's the perfect place to listen. But Janice, I like to do some recommendations here. And I actually thought of something to recommend while we were talking about this, because as I told you before we recorded, I came very unprepared to this episode and didn't (laughs) know what was happening today. But I'm actually going to recommend the Michael Jordan documentary, because even though that is not as fun as Space Jam, (laughs) The Last Dance was very, very good. And if you want insight into really what was going on around the time of Space Jam coming out. It's kind of perfect because it walks you through Jordan's entire playing career. And this happened like during so many other things going on in his life. That's great. Yeah. Do they talk about this at all in it? I'm trying to remember. They might have brought it up briefly. Like I think there was something about him like having to go in to like film it and there was like this big empty empty like gymnasium basically that was set up for him Mm -hmm. that's cool i need to watch that i'll check that out great recommendation deanna uh the one that i had for this uh was if you like animated movies that are also in the real life and feature a rascally rabbit Highly recommend checking out Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's on my list to watch because I somehow have not seen that. That's wild. Or if you like Space Jam and you like music, you should listen to the album Come On and Slam by Sledding with Tigers, which is one of my all-time favorite music albums. It's like 17 minutes long, and it just tells the plot of the Space Jam movie in a fun way. That's good to know. I... No, I've had people tell me to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I just have not done it yet. <laughs> you gotta. It's pretty good. It's funny. It's more adult, I think. It's traumatizing, too. Anyway, <laughs> you should watch it. Yeah, I will put that on the never-ending list <laughs> and get to it at some point. But Janice, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Space Jam. 
I yeah, gave this a three and a half out of five because, like I said, not a perfect movie by any means because where is the story? But <laughs> I love basketball, so it's okay. That's fantastic. Uh, mine was going into this a four out of five, and then I ended up actually bringing it down to a two and a half out of five the last viewing because it didn't quite stick up as much as I remembered it sticking up. <laughs> That's fair. But it's still good. I follow some people who have given it like a one star on Letterboxd. I was like, you are incorrect, That's sir. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. He works in film, though, so I guess I can't really argue with him. Okay, but we're not rating it on its cinematography, right? It's fun. We are not. He might be. <laughs> That's fair. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Janice. And I'm sure you will be back for some other ridiculous movie. You know, so far we have uh, Men in Black and Space Jam. Space Jam 2. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. That's in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's very soon. I don't know what's happening, Janice. Yeah. You'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. All right, everyone. That does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.